when I was in grad school, I would occasionally sneak up to Boston to visit my friend Abram, a friend from back home on the Monterey Peninsula. Abram was getting his PhD in political science at BU. He was not your typical doctoral candidate. He was a competitive skimboarder, he was a bicycle repairman, and he was a DJ. His moniker was PhDJ. <laughs> Abram was also a freegan. According to Wikipedia, a freegan is one who practices limited participation in the conventional economy and minimal consumption of resources, particularly through recovering wasted goods like food. Abram was a dumpster diver. He got the vast majority of his food by collecting it from the trash behind major grocery stores who throw away a staggering amount of good food. He didn't ask for much. Just the ability to collect what was already being thrown away. Much like Lazarus. Lazarus, who lived outside a rich man's gate, was not asking for much, just the scraps that fell on the floor. Mind you, this rich man was really rich. At this time, saying that he dressed in purple implied the man enjoyed a wealth that was on par with royalty. The emperor Nero forbade certain uses of certain dyes of purple. Emperor Caligula had the king of Mauritania murdered for the splendor of his purple coat. The rich man in Luke didn't just dress in purple. He had fine linen. He feasted sumptuously every day. These days, most of us could eat a feast whatever, whenever we want. We could just go down to Taco Bell and make it happen. <laughs> but historically... That is unheard of. It was crazy. Feasting was rare. It was rare and it was a communal act. Biblical scholar Ched Myers describes this behavior of the rich man as solipsism of a wealthy landowner whose singular concern was how to store and consume privately the divine gift of agricultural surplus. Do you hear what that's about? It is about the community. Food that has been provided is there to feed us all. This man is feasting every day, and meanwhile, Lazarus is starving. All he wants are scraps, dumpster diving, but even more extreme, he has boils on his skin that the dogs lick. Gross! <laughs> Poor 
Lazarus dies and is carried away by angels to be with Abraham. And meanwhile, the rich man also dies. It is tempting to read this passage and focus on the depiction of heaven and hell. But, 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 please remember, this is a story about a neglected poor man and an extraordinarily rich man near him. Let's not get distracted by the where of this story, this metaphor. Let's focus on the why and the how. The rich man dies and becomes the one who is suffering. And amidst that suffering, like Lazarus, he does not ask for much. A dip of a finger in water would suffice. But notice how the rich man asks. He is still treating Lazarus like a poor man, like someone he can boss around. A poor man or worse, just as he treated him in life. Roman writer uh, Juvenal, who's roughly a contemporary with Luke, uh, alludes to the something like a welfare system in antiquity of uh, patronage by the rich. He says, by attending to the door of the rich, a poor client might get a sportula, either a basket of food or some money to buy food for the day. But Lazarus is denied even that. Ched Myers calls Lazarus roadkill in a punishing system, unable even to access the crumbs from the rich man's table. Lazarus was treated worse than a street dog. Do you guys remember that interaction from Matthew 15 uh, between Jesus and the Canaanite woman? She responds to him, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. The rich man denied Lazarus these crumbs. Meanwhile, Lazarus is sick, sick, and the dogs are after him. Lazarus is treated less than human, less than a dog. Going back to Chad Myers, who is a really insightful person on this sort of social justice issue, Chad Myers would claim that the rich man and all of us who are complicit in the systems that dehumanize the poor are also sick. Myers calls our illness affluenza. We are so accustomed to our privileges and habits that we don't see those just beyond the safety of our homes. Over the last couple weeks, we have talked about the currency of God the currency of love. Apparently, despite his depravity, Lazarus is a rich man in the kingdom of God. Following his death, Lazarus is surrounded by love. There are a ton of parallels in this story. It's it's actually a great little story, right? got all these 
things going on between the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus is named and the rich man is not, right? Lazarus, by the way, coming from the Hebrew Eleazar, God is my help. The rich man speaks. Lazarus is silent. There is the gate and the chasm, the earthly illness and affluenza. Just as the rich man's wealth was extravagant, so Lazarus' situation in the economy of love is extravagant. Angels wait on him. He sits at the side of Abraham. And he is loved. Liberation theology Theologians like Gustavo Gutierrez write about God's preferential option for the poor. Gutierrez reminds us that the God who liberated the Israelites from bondage is the same one who calls us to participate in continual liberation. He says, the poor person does not exist as an inescapable fact of destiny. The poor are a byproduct of a system in which we live and for which we are responsible. Hence, the poverty of the poor is not a call to generous relief action, but a demand that we go and build a different social order. When we were talking about this earlier this week, Casey put this in a great way. He said, the message to the poor is that someone cares. The message to the rich is be the one who cares. Be the one who sees the 5.8 million undocumented people living in the United States. Be the one who feeds the 34% of college students who struggle with hunger or food insecurity. Be the one who refuses to allow the status quo to demean our LGBTQ sisters and brothers. Be the one who cares. Because there is one more important passage, one more important message from this passage. You have everything you need. You have Moses and the prophets. You have the benefit of someone who rises from the dead. You have everything you need. As you start this school year, as you start this next phase of life, as you work toward your dreams, as you follow your passions, as you strive to become the person you've always wanted to be, as you long to help people but don't know how, as you face climate change, income inequality, homelessness, health care, immigration, impeachment hearings, as you take on anything at all, you have everything you need. You have everything you need and you are surrounded by love eternal. Amen. Amen.